Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. The Chicago Fire Department has long had a diversity problem with an overwhelmingly white and male staff. Recently, there were changes made to the department's testing process. In the past, all applicants would take a written test together on one day. But now, that test is invite-only. Even so, some folks who hope to join the ranks say that despite these changes, they're still being locked out. With us now to discuss is Lieutenant Quentin Curtis, the head of Chicago's Black Fire Brigade. Also with us is Will Lee, reporter for the Chicago Tribune. Will, you reported on this for the Trib. So before we get more into how this application process has changed, I want to talk about what the system looked like before. How did a person apply to be a Chicago firefighter in the past? So in the past, and and, and Quinn can definitely uh, interject here because he probably knows far better than I, but uh, before you, uh, you would just, everyone uh, who would uh, take the test would take it at once. It was a a mass event. It would be uh, maybe 15,000 people taking uh, a test at once or even even, uh, greater number than that. And uh, from that test, uh, you would come the whittling process to a much, much smaller list uh, from which firefighters would be uh, hired. Uh, what is happening now is that there uh, is a system where you're going to fill, uh, fill out your application to take the exam, and uh, then afterwards, once you apply, you'll get a, a, either an acceptance or a rejection email letting you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that upset a lot of people. Certain people have always been given preference during the uh, application process. So who, who is eligible for that? So the preferences that they have are uh, for uh, CPS students, uh, graduates, uh, people who are city residents, uh, people who are veterans uh, of you know armed services, or uh, relatives of people who've uh, killed, been killed, killed in the line of duty. Uh, those uh, folks are giving preference, and uh, some of the folks who are uh, you know who've been uh, lodging complaints about being rejected are saying, "Hey, I I fit a lot of these things. I thought you guys were going to be giving us preference." I'm just curious, why does the department have those preferences? Oh, it's a, it's a way to kind uh, to diversify uh, the department and actually try to, I, I don't want to use the word equity, but sort of bring uh, city residents uh, into the uh, the whole firefighting process instead of it being, say, held by a, a narrow few. Yeah. Well, Lieutenant, I want to bring you in here. We've been using the word diversity a lot, right, and diversifying the Chicago Fire Department, and specifically getting more black firefighters into the ranks. That's a big part of your group's mission, right? The the Black Fire Brigade. So talk to us about that and about the work that you do. Uh, first of all, let me just start off with the Black Fire Brigade. Black Fire Brigade started June of 2018. Uh, since the concept of the Black Fire Brigade, we put four, 525 kids through this program, 185 single moms, and 14 homeless kids. To this day, we put $8.3 million back uh, in the black community in employment. As first responders. And when I say first responders, that's Chicago police, Cook County sheriffs, Chicago fire department, suburban fire department, uh, all your neighborhood, all your hospitals, major hospitals here. So it's a it's a much needed program. So not just firefighters. Correct. It's public safety as a whole. Okay. Uh, We actually have kids that work at the 911 center that when you dial 911, they're answering the call. And so talk to us more about the training that you provide. How do you help folks go from training to, to test to become that 
Chicago firefighter. So when they first come into our program, they become an EMT because you have to be an EMT to do anything today. Yeah. So we get them through the EMT program. Once they get through that program, they start off at 24000 And then as they decide to go to the police department, the sheriff department, 911 center, then that's when our numbers double. So we're the number one crime prevention program in the state of Illinois documented. And when we get, when we, we don't, we're moving from the term diversity because, and I, I'm glad you, we, let's go here for a minute. Yes. I don't consider myself a minority anymore. I'm a black man. I'm not, I don't, everything when it comes to blacks, it just seemed to be a black hole and everybody get away from that. And I'm not going to be part of that anymore. And these kids deserve a chance at this examination. The whole city, everybody who applied should be taking this test. Never in the history of the fire department have we ever done this. Mm -hmm. There is no reason today why we're doing this. Nobody can give us a solid, concrete answer to why we chose this selection. Let's get into the, the, the changes, Will. Tell us more about what is different now with this new system. Well, what's, uh, what's new is that you're basically applying to take the test uh, as opposed to just coming, showing up and uh, sitting down with everyone. There were uh, questions about whether the system was being uh, done correctly because a lot of people got uh, error messages later on or found out that, uh, that the uh, documents they were trying to attach didn't attach and they, were, you know, they weren't sure whether that was uh, you know, a city error or their own. And mm-hmm. they, a lot of people didn't get answers and a lot of people uh, who... Uh, I saw the other day out at, at press conference, they were saying, hey, we weren't reaching and trying to get answers. We don't know who lies, who fought lies with and no one's getting back to us. So. Yeah. Well, those those preferences that you were talking to us about a moment ago, right, you know, CPS grads and people with immediate family members who, who died in the line of duty, does that still apply to this new process? Yes, it's still uh, still given to, uh, those uh, criteria still met uh, for everyone who's applying. Uh, but I'm sure uh, there's a lot of people, you know, probably applying for that position. You know, a lot of city residents probably coming in, a lot of veterans, you know. Yeah. What would you say, Will, are, are the pros and cons of the, the department making these changes? I, I think the real impetus is, is is what the city say true, and are they going to have these types of exams every two years? That's really the thing. Uh, I, I think I've seen it reported that there have only been four exams given in the last 44 years. Uh they're saying they're having smaller pools because they're going to have it more often. So therefore, they don't they won't have too many uh, people languishing in the pot, as they say. So the question is, is that going to happen? Uh, if uh, the current administration is, for example, not here, will the next administration honor that, or will it continue to lag? You know, it's but that's really the the important thing here is how often this is going to be done. Yeah, now it's an exam every two years instead of every ten years. What's your take, Quentin? Again, I don't believe it. I mean, if you look at the history of the fire department, in order to get a test going and from, from start to finish, it takes two years to get to actually post a test. I mean, the history has proven it takes two years to get a test up. So how is it going to take you two years to get a test up? It's going to take you another, and then you're going to give a test right when you post a test? So I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not buying it. Um, what do you think makes a solid candidate for the fire department, and, and how— well, do you think the old process and the new process take those factors into consideration? So let's let's talk about this for a minute. Imagine this for a second. You went to law, you went to law school and it was your turn to take the bar exam. Mm-hmm. So for four years, kids have been training, studying to become firefighter, paramedic, EMTs. 
right? So four years in law, in law school, now it's time to take the bar exam. And they come in, it's four, you got 400 of you guys to take the bar exam. And they said, well, unfortunately, only 40 of you can take the bar exam. So next, in two more years, all you who study, keep studying, and we'll let the other 40 take it in. That's what we're looking at. Might feel a little unfair. It's totally unfair. If, if you want it to be fair, you allow, you allow everybody to take it. Whites, black, Hispanics, however, everybody should be able to take it. And you can say, I'm going to take the, the, the top 4,500 and compile my list from there. And does a written exam give you the best picture of who would make a great firefighter? Absolutely not. We all know that. Guys, young, lady, young ladies and men who are firefighter paramedics today will not have an opportunity to sit for this test. Young men and women who are working in the field, who worked on the front line of COVID, will not have this opportunity. You know, who's out here saving kids' lives every day will not have this opportunity. It is 100% unfair to all, all white, blacks, Hispanics. It is 100% unfair. Will, what have you been hearing from applicants and their families? Well, uh, I, I spoke with one woman uh, who basically said that her son is actually a part of Quentin's uh, program. Okay. And that he is in EMT school and uh, has completed the program and really thought he had a, you know, a great shot to just kind of get right in since he's a city resident as well. Uh, but he was rejected and it just kind of broke him because I guess he thought that he was going to, I don't think he expected uh, the rejection notice or, you know, he thought it was just going to be a situation where everyone just would be allowed to take it. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's a big key. I think that even though this has been reported, there was a, a big communication gap between what was going to be happening and what should be expected and that type of thing. Lieutenant, are there alternatives or other ways that people can get their foot in the door here? There's there's a way if students go on to become paramedics and then they can come on from there. There's no testing process if you come on as a paramedic, but you you have a role as a single role paramedic, yeah, and and not as a firefighter paramedic. But that's that's your only intro into this. You know when I when I look at this and and I'm gonna go a couple of places with this. We have to understand what we're doing. So they said there's 900 blacks eligible to take the exam. Only 900. Uh, I guess they're saying only 900 blacks applied. Their numbers are wrong. I have over 900 blacks that apply, and that's just in my downline. Yeah. So I don't just take, take me out of it. You mean to tell me a city of 3 million people and only 900 blacks apply? Like, there's, there's a lot of things that's going on, and we need the DIG needs to come and get involved. Uh, the Justice Department needs to look at this. You know, we need to, this needs to be investigated. Well, to that end, Will, what has the city and the department said about why they implemented these changes? Well, uh, first, before we get started, I would, uh, I would say that the city has responded in that. They, I have different numbers than what uh, Quinton was using. Uh, it, according to what the city told me is that they said that there were uh, nearly 4,000 black applicants, and of that, uh, a little over 1,000 uh, were accepted. Uh, they say that there were more white and Latino uh, applicants this year than black, but uh, they're but they're basically counting this. They're saying this is a win because you have a higher number of minority candidates, uh, combined Hispanic and, and black uh, numbers, which is what they say is a win for diversity. But uh, Quentin may have a different take on that and uh, what that actually means for the uh, numbers of black firefighters in the in the city. We'll have to wrap here, but give us a brief last word, Lieutenant. 
Uh, here's here's a, a couple of quick, brief last things. Number one, everybody knows there's going to be a lawsuit. Everybody knows that the taxpayers is going to pay this money just like they paid the, the $100 million or whatever that was of the last lawsuit. Every time that we've sued, we've won, and the taxpayers are going to hold the burden. Number two, every time you break the spirit of these kids, our crime increased by 100%. You know, uh, when you when you don't give access to opportunities, if you keep breaking them, we're going to continue to see crime at an all-time high. We are just at the doorstep of crime. We haven't gotten into what's going to happen in the near future. Mm-hmm. We have better sit down and start talking about real solutions. We got to stop playing these games. We got to stop playing this diversity minority game. We are not in the minority game. You know, minority means everything but black. And I will stand with that until I see change. We'll leave it there. Lieutenant Quentin Curtis is head of Chicago's Black Fire Brigade. And Will Lee is a reporter for the Chicago Tribune. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. This episode of Reset was produced by Meha Ahmed and Micah Yason, and it was edited by Andrew Merriweather. To make sure that you never miss an episode of Reset, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We publish multiple episodes every day of the week. And when you subscribe, leave us a rating and review. It's a small thing that can make a really big difference in listeners finding our show. That's all for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll have another episode for you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.